Did you wash your hands? With soap? Did you dry them? What? Is this all vegetables? Who wanted all vegetables? I did. So, are we going to talk about it? What? The elephant in the room. What elephant? Mom's new job. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than me? <clears throat> Whoa! I like Mom's new job! Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. supposed to do it, Dad. They want us to do it this I don't way. know that way. Why would they change math? Mm, math is math. Okay, math Dad. is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? Everything's great. Wow. Is she having adolescence? And Jack-Jack? <laughs> He's in excellent health. Oh, what the? Num-num cooking. Oh, my God. Cooking. Wow. Okay, that is freaky. You know it's crazy, right? To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. Thank you, young man. Combustion imminent? What does that mean? Ah! It means fire, Robert. Green Slater interrupts this program for an important announcement. Suit up. It might get weird. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. How are you guys doing? My name is Ken. I'm the pastor here at Grace Church. And uh, I love at the movies because part of studying and researching for the message is you have to watch the movie over and over and over again. So we get to watch that several times. I'm on my phone sitting out here in the lobby watching, and they're like, what are you doing? Is that all pastors do is watch? I was like, this is research. This is studying for the message this weekend. That's what this is. Uh, if you've been with us over the summer, uh, the last two series, we've actually been talking about uh, that you are God's masterpiece and that he has an exciting uh, life plan for you, and, and the works that he has planned for you are, are, are incredible. And this series, we're talking the next month or four weeks, what do you do when you don't see that life come to fruition? What do you, see, what do, you do when uh, you find yourself in a season that's not exciting? You find yourself in, in, in a circumstances that you weren't planning on. When your plans uh, that you had for your life, right, right now what you're living out is different than what you had planned. What do you do? Um, so we're talking about the Incredibles, and, and in, in the preview video, you show that, uh, that they're, they're rolling out this new, this new thing, and, and they go with uh, Mrs. Incredible, not Mr. Incredible. And he's like, I'm, I'm plan B? I'm, 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 not, I'm not plan A? I'm, I'm like Mr. Incredible. Like, the name is Incredible. I'm, in, I'm incredible, and I can do all these things. I'm... I'm I'm not the answer to, to the solution. I'm not the answer to the problem. 
And so Mr. Incredible finds himself in a season of life that he wasn't expecting. Uh, he was always the crime fighter. He was always the one that people looked to. His name was in the papers, right? He's Mr. Incredible. But he finds himself sort of on the back burner, uh, playing second fiddle to his, to his wife, which if you saw in the clip, he's like, I'm not number one. And he sort of looks at her. He's like, now I think he needs marriage counseling because she's like, what? I'm just as good as you. I, I'm Mrs. Incredible. You know, I'm Elastigirl. Uh, but, but he finds himself in, in a place where he was not e- expecting to be. And I, I think like many of us, when we find ourselves in this uh, unexpected season of life, we don't always handle it well. And so I want to I show you the, the second part of the clip where he's living out this unexpected life and how he's doing in this unexpected season of life. Take a look. Because it's Come not on, the time. Because, so because I'm formulating, okay? I'm taking in information. I'm processing. I'm doing the math. I'm fixing the boyfriend and keeping the baby from turning into a flaming monster. How do I do it? By rolling with the punches, baby. I eat thunder and crap lightning, okay? Because I'm Mr. Incredible. Not Mr. So-so or Mr. Mediocre Guy. Mr. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. Incredible. I'm not nanny. I'm not babysitter. I'm Mr. Incredible. And his kids are like, okay, dad has lost it. Right? But isn't that how we respond to difficulties? When we think our life should be incredible and we find ourselves wearing an apron and burping a baby, right? And, and, and so he, he sort of loses it. And I, I identify with Mr. Incredible. Uh, I had a time in my life where... Uh, the season that I was in, I, I wasn't expecting. So I, I'd gone four years uh, to a Bible college, got my degree uh, in youth ministries, and uh, graduation was uh, approaching, and I sent out resumes, had a couple of interviews, and nothing. You know, I, I have this passion to, to, to be in, in ministry, to teach high schoolers about the Word of God, and that God loves them. And all my friends are, are coming up to me. Oh, we got accepted. We're going to this state. Oh, here, here's, who, here's the pastor we're working for. And we leave right after graduation. So what about you? No, not even a call back. And so here I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to be this gift to the youth nation of the United States of America. And I got, I got nothing. I moved back home, live with my parents go to church the next Sunday, and they're like, Did, didn't you graduate? Yes. Then what are, what are you doing here? Thank you for asking. I'm like Mr. Incredible. I'm weighing my options. I'm rolling with the punches. I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Um, I felt like a failure. Here, I had this degree, spent all this time studying to be, to be in ministry, and, and I felt like a failure. I was embarrassed. Every week going to church, people were like, no calls? No, thanks for asking, though. Yeah, no, no one's calling. 
And then I started doubting. It's like, why are, not, why are people not calling me? I, I must be horrible at this. Word has gotten out that this guy is going to be a horrible youth pastor. Don't waste your time on this guy. And I started doubting myself. Um, I was frustrated. I was confused. Uh, and if I was going to be honest, I was mad. Like, I didn't think this should happen to me. You know, I got good grades. I volunteered at my church. I, I actually had been doing youth ministry for about three or four years as a volunteer. So I, I've got the paper. I've got the experience. But I, but I had no jobs. And I think a lot of times it's because we identify, we get our identity from what we do. And that's what Mr. Incredible was doing. He's like, I'm Mr. Incredible. I saved the world. That's what I do. Uh, this, uh, yesterday, I was playing golf. And I didn't get to the second hole. And the guy says, hey, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Because we identify, we get our identity by what we do or what we're going to accomplish or what we think we should be accomplishing. And so maybe, maybe you find yourself in this season, a season of I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where maybe I should be. I didn't see myself at this age being in this career. Or I thought I'd be further along in my career. At this age, I, I thought I'd be married or, or have started a family. And so you find yourself in this unexpected season of life, and what do you do? Well, we're going to take a look at a, a, a person in the Bible, his name's Moses, who finds himself in an unexpected season of life. I'm going to catch you up. We're going to be reading in Exodus chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 11, but let me catch you up to verse 11. So the children of Israel, the Hebrews, they're living in Egypt, and they have been for the last 400 years. Uh, Joseph, the guy with the many colors in his jacket, brought them there, and they've lived there uh, for 400 years. And uh, the, the, the Pharaoh at the time thought that they were a blessing. They, they blessed the Egyptians. Uh, they, they brought prosperity. God smiled on them, and they were welcomed there. But not in Moses' day. In Moses' day, the Egyptians, uh, they feared the, the Israelites. They now outnumbered the Egyptians, and, and this Pharaoh thought, if they rise up, because there's more of them than there are of us, uh, they could overthrow us. And so he comes up with the plan that he's going to start killing all the baby boys. Well, Moses' parents, they have him, and they see that he's a special child, and they don't want him to be killed, and they put him in a basket, and they put him in the Nile River, and the Pharaoh's daughter happens to be in the Nile River right there. And she adopts Moses uh, as her son brings him into her home, and that catches you up to verse number 11. So Exodus, Exodus chapter 2, starting in verse number 11. It says, many years later, that many years later is 40 years. So 40 years, Moses had grown up, and he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all the directions to make sure no one was watching... Moses killed the Egyptian, and he hid his body in the sand. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating your friend? Moses asked, the one who started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went into the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water 
to, to draw water uh, for the troughs for their father's flocks. But some other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and he rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for their flocks. When the girls returned to rule, their father asked, why are you back so soon today? Well, they said, well, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered, and he drew water um, for our flocks. Where is he? The father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come eat with us. So Moses accepted the invitation and he settled there with him. In time, Rule gave Moses his daughter Zipporah to be his wife. And later she gave birth to a son and Moses named him uh, Gershon. For he explained, I have, seen, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed, another 40 years, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cries rose up to God. So Moses finds himself in an unexpected season of life. He's raised in a palace as, as Pharaoh's son. So he knows all the amenities of life, the best of education, the best foods. He's living in this a metropolis area. But for 40 years, he finds himself in an unexpected season of life. He goes from being a Pharaoh's son to just a shepherd. Two completely extreme occupations. He goes from the, the lush metropolitan area to desert. He goes from leisure to working very, very, very hard. And Moses is wondering what went wrong? Why, why all of a sudden is, is life unfair? And I, I think he went through the same emotions that maybe I did when, when I wasn't hired as a youth pastor. I'm sure he was frustrated. I'm sure he was embarrassed. Like the, the girls called him an Egyptian, but he wasn't an Egyptian. He looked like an Egyptian, but he was a Hebrew. And so I'm sure he was embarrassed. I'm sure he was depressed. The reason I think he was depressed because of what he names his son. He names his son uh, Gershon, which means expulsion or banishment. He names his son the worst, like his, his worst day. Could you imagine uh, your worst day? You're like, I want you to meet my, 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 my son. His name is Fired. And, and, and this is my, my daughter, laid off. And, and this is our dog, downsized, right? He, he's just reminded that this was, a horrible, this was a horrible time in his life, and it was for 40 years. For 40 years, he lived this unexpected twist. And so what do you do when God's plan for your life turn, takes an unexpected turn? Well, I want to give you four things that you can do to help you get through this unexpected season in your life, because we all go through them. We all experience seasons, whether it's a short season or like Moses, it's a long season. We all go through those. And I want you to go through it uh, in, in a way that you actually come out the other side and you're better for it. So I want to give you four things. The first thing is this, be faithful even when life's not exciting. Be faithful in that dry season. Be faithful in that unexpected season. You see, Moses being a shepherd in the Sinai Peninsula was actually training. 
Because when he would eventually lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, he would wander another 40 years in that desert. He spent 80 years of his life in the desert. But he knew that desert well because he was a shepherd. It wasn't like the children of Israel were lost. I always thought that. I thought they were just lost and they were just meandering around the wilderness. No. I mean, Moses knew exactly where he was, but he was being led by God. And so he just followed. I mean, he knew the way out. So being a shepherd was a valuable lesson in, in knowing the, 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 the landscape of the wilderness. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. See, God has called us to live by faith, not just when times are good. It's easy to trust God when everything's going well, when you have the corner office, right? When all your relationships are going fine, when you have money in the bank, your kids are doing well, you have your health, and everything is just as it should be. It's easy to trust God. It's easy to be faithful. But what do you do when you find yourself in an unexpected season of life? When you don't have the solution to your season, God says, be faithful with what's right in front of you. And that's what he did. Now, I don't know, and the Bible doesn't give us a lot of detail about those 40 years. It just simply says, and many years passed. But I'm sure there was a lot of valuable lessons that Moses learned in those 40 years. And he was just faithful. There was no promise. As you read the scriptures, there was no promise that he would ever go back to a place of power. So he wasn't holding on to that. He wasn't holding on to, yeah, but God said, one day I'm going to do this. In my mind, he simply resigned himself to the fact that this is what life is going to be like from now on. Yes, I once was a prince that lived in a palace. Now I'm a shepherd that lives in a field. And so he was faithful with what was right in front of him. The second thing that you can do is be patient. God is still at work, even in the ordinary moments. Be faithful with what's right in front of you, but be patient. Be patient because God is still at work. See, the reason Moses got himself into this situation is because he was trying to do the right thing, but he was doing it in the wrong way. He went out and he saw this Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and he knew that wasn't right. And he saw how hard they were working, and he knew that wasn't right. And this was his people. He identified with them even though he was raised as an Egyptian. And something inside of him, that moral justice said, this is not right. Something needs to change. Somebody needs to do something. And he was right. But what he did, he did in the wrong way. And maybe that's your situation. What you're wanting to do is right, but you're trying to accomplish it in a wrong way. See, he had that moral justice in his heart. He was passionate about helping those who were disadvantaged. And that's a great quality to have. But he did it in the wrong way. But I want you to know this. Moses doesn't stop being the person God called him just because his circumstances changed. He is still the same person, whether he was in a palace or living in a desert. He's still the same person. And a lot of times, we think that because we're not where we should be, that we're a failure. I felt like a failure. For two years, I felt like a failure. 
Now, I went back to school because I wasn't going to live in my parents' basement. I wanted to be faithful, and so I went back to school. I went, I went and got my master's degree, and I worked in the youth ministry all those two years. I just wasn't going to sit and, and, and not do anything. But how God saw me didn't change. Now, other people may have looked at me and said, well, you know what, I mean, maybe he's not cut out to be in ministry or, or youth ministry. Maybe other people were saying that, but God didn't didn't change his opinion of me. He was no longer in a position of power, but God still saw his passion. And God says, I can use that. So be patient. James chapter five, verse seven and eight says this, dear brothers and sisters, be patient. Wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmer who patiently waits for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. So you too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. James is talking about, you know what? These farmers, they want the harvest. The harvest is, represents the, the, the life that God has for us. But they have to wait for the rain. They have no control over. They can plant the seeds. They can get the, they can get the ground ready. They can do everything that they can do, but they can't control the rain. And maybe that's where you find yourself. You've done everything. You've gone to school. You've gotten your education. You've sent out your resumes. You've networked. You've done everything that you know to do, but you can't control the rain. And he says, be patient. Everything that he's going through is preparing him to be the person that God needs him to be to lead the children of Israel out. So in the slow season, God is preparing you. He's growing you. He's maturing you. Everything that he's going through, Moses is going through, is getting him ready to be the person that God needs to deliver the children of Israel. And you see this in a lot of different stories in the Bible. I think of King David. King David was a shepherd. And when he went to go visit his brothers and Goliath was out there taunting them, David says, I'll, I'll take him down. And his defense when Saul says, you're, you're not capable, he says, I'm a shepherd. And I've, I've killed a bear and I've killed a lion. That prepared him for Goliath. And Goliath, that experience prepared him for the palace. So what I'm saying is while you're in this season of waiting, while you're in this unexpected season, don't waste it. God wants to prepare you. God wants to train you. He wants to mature you to be the person that you need to be so that when you step into that position, you're ready. Now you think you're ready. I thought I was ready. I had my degree. I even had experience. But for whatever reason, I, I, I wasn't quite ready. And I had to be okay with God saying, God saying, wait. So God is teaching you. He's training you in those dry seasons. The third thing that you can, you can do is be content while you wait. All these things are difficult. Being faithful with what's right in front of you when you see other people doing what you want to do is not easy. Being, being patient when you know that people are, are, are getting the promotion and, and you're not getting the promotion. Your friends are having babies and you're not having babies. Your friends are graduating and, and, and for whatever reason, you've, you've hit a roadblock in your education. It's hard to be patient because we want things now. It's happening around us and we see it happening around us. And when is it our turn? When do, when do we get to be Mr. Incredible and step out into the, into the light and, and do what we know we're capable of doing? 
And God's encouraging us, be content. Now, Moses had to wait 40 years. That's a long time to be content. I'll be honest. I don't know if I could have been content for 40 years waiting to be a youth pastor. But being content. I imagine that he resigned to just being a shepherd. God calls us to be content and to confine contentment in every season of life. First Timothy chapter six and verse six says this, yet true godliness with contentment itself is great wealth. Godliness with contentment in seasons, every season of our life is a great wealth. So if you can find contentment in the unexpected seasons, the Bible says that you're a wealthy person. If you can find contentment when you're waiting on, on whether, you, whether you get the promotion or not, the Bible says that you can experience joy. When you're waiting to see if you get the scholarship, waiting to get the call for the promotion, waiting for the doctor to say, you are pregnant. If you can wait and you can be content, the Bible says that, that you're a wealthy person. I don't want you to mistake God's silence as God's absence. When, when I wasn't the youth pastor and I was working for a moving company, which is the complete opposite of youth ministry, um, I hated it. I felt like God abandoned me. I felt like God wasn't hearing my, my prayers. And I prayed, God, you know, you know my passion. You know what I want to do with my life. Why am I picking things up and putting them down? Why, why am I loading these trucks? I hate this. This isn't, I thought I was meant for more. And I even checked, is that, is that prideful, God? Am I being prideful that I think that I was meant for more? Because if it's pride, then I want, I want to confess it as pride. I just, I want to be used by you. But God can use you as a mover. I had to be faithful. You got to be faithful with what your hand has right, right now. And so, um, be content. God's silence is, not, is him not being absent. And I think sometimes what we do is we, we walk away from God's plan altogether because God, we feel God, like God's not there. I was reading in the Psalms this week, and I read Psalm chapter 10 and, and Psalm chapter 11. And David, he's crying out to God, you've forgotten me. Because before David became king, he, he was on the run for 10 years. And for 10 years, he, he lived in isolation. He lived in caves. And he says, God, I was anointed to be king. But his season, his dry season was 10 years. And he felt like God had for, forgotten him. Don't give up before God shows up. Don't give up before God shows up. Because if you give up before God shows up, then you stay a shepherd in the desert. You never go back to the palace and become what God has called you to become all along. The fourth thing is this. Be encouraged. Be encouraged because God has not forgotten you. Let's finish the rest of the chapter. In verse 24, it says this. God heard their groanings, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he looked down on the people of Israel, and he knew it was time to act. So the next chapter, verse number 10, he, he, tells, he tells Moses, now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh, and you must lead my people out of Egypt. 
God says, now's the time. The way that you wanted to do it was wrong. That wasn't my plan. I have a plan. And now I think you're ready. I think you're humble. I think you're in a position where, where you'll listen to me now. So I want you to go. I want you to know God sees you. God knows what you're experiencing in this season of unexpectedness, in this, in this dry season. He knows you're frustrated. He knows you're discouraged. He knows you might be embarrassed. He knows you're angry. He knows all the, the negative self-doubt self, uh, and, and negative self-talk. He knows all those things. He sees you. God didn't stop seeing the children of Israel and what they were going through. He says, but now is the time for their deliverance. And now you're ready. And now I want you to go. But when you continue to read his story, I think the 40 years of him waiting sort of altered his confidence. He was all gung-ho at the beginning. I mean, he was willing even to murder someone to say, hey, let's just lead this revolt. Now God comes to him and says, I want you to go. And he begins giving excuses. He says, I can't. I can't do it. I can't, I can't talk. I, I, I can't lead. Here he had this passion at one point, but I think somewhere along the line in the 40 years, he lost his confidence in God. I didn't have to wait 40 years. I had to wait two years. Two years uh, after I graduated college. So like I said, I went back to school. I wasn't going to waste the time. I continued volunteering uh, in, in, in my church working with youth. And in the summer of 1993, I get a call from a church in California, and they want me to come out, and they want me to be their youth pastor. I said, yes. I've been waiting for this. I've been, I've been a janitor. I've been a cook. I've been a mover. All these things. They were horrible. And you want me to come be your youth pastor? Yes. And it's California? Yes. I went out there. I met Kara. She became my wife. Two of our three children were born in California. And 26 years later, I am still living this exciting life of ministry because God is faithful. And I want you to know, you can too. Do you find yourself in, in a season of life that you didn't expect? Maybe it's with your career. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your health your finances, a relationship that you're in or not in. And, and you're asking God, when? Or maybe you find yourself that God's come to you and says, okay, now's the time. Now, now I'm going to get you the promotion. Now, now I'm ready to use you. And you find yourself like Moses and you're like, I can't. I think Moses thought he ruined his life. You know what? I, I had the right passion, but I executed it the wrong way. I've ruined everything. My one wrong choice has destroyed all my opportunities. You ever felt like that? You made one bad business choice. You made one bad relationship choice. And you feel like all the opportunities that you will have in the future are, are over. God can't forgive you. God won't forgive you. I want you to know that God delights in building cathedrals out of rubble. And he takes Moses and he 
puts them back together again, and he sends them to Pharaoh. Maybe you're saying, I'm not confident. What did God tell Moses when he says, I can't speak? He says, tell them I, I am. What, what do I tell them when they say, uh, I'm supposed to lead them out of, children, uh, out, of, out of Egypt? Tell them the I am sent you. So maybe you're, you're not confident. God says, I am. Maybe you're saying, I'm not sure of myself now. God says, I am. You're saying, I'm not strong enough. God says, I am. God, I haven't been faithful during this season. God says, I am. God wants to take the pieces of your life, the good pieces, the bad pieces, all the pieces. He wants to take you through every season that you're going through. And he wants to make you become, out, become the person that he always intended you to be, to live this exciting and, and, and flourishing life. But will you be content? Will you be faithful? Will you be patient in those unexpected seasons? See, the true test of faith is how much you trust God even when life is not turning out the way you thought it should. It's saying, God, I'll be faithful right here, right now with what, what I'm responsible for. Moses became the, one of the most popular uh, Jewish leaders in all of, uh, all of, uh, all of uh, Hebrew history. He's known as the guy who led the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he's known as the person that God gave the Ten Commandments to because he patiently waited on God and trusted in God. And so can you. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for the story of Moses. And I know that there are times in my life where I identify with Moses, especially after graduating college. And God, there might be someone here today. They find themselves like Moses in a season that they weren't expecting. It's a dry season. It's an uncomfortable season. Maybe it's a painful season. And they're wondering, God, where are you? God, I'm asking you to show them that you are faithful in the mundane, in the day-to-day -day seasons of life. That as they trust you, that God, your plan for their life will work out for their good, God, and, and your glory. God, I hope that we can be content. It's not easy to do. That we would find contentment not in our identity and what we do, but our identity in Christ. God, I'm grateful that there's nothing that we've done or will do that changes your opinion of us. God, we've not destroyed, we've not ruined our life because of one poor choice. God, you are greater than a poor choice. The Bible says you're greater than all of our sins. So God, I pray that we can learn the lessons from Moses to be patient, to be content, and to be faithful and know that at the right time, you will show up in the middle of our circumstance with the solution. God, we trust you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.